Hi, everyone. This is your Curious Recruiter back with another podcast episode. Now, I know I've been off the grid for, well, a little over a month now, and I do want to apologize. I wasn't a recruiter ghosting you. I was simply busy with quite a number of things. First of all, if you're a podcast regular, then you know that I'm currently based in Israel. However, this will change in less than a couple of days because I am moving again. So after four years in Israel, it's time for me to go back to Europe and more specifically to Germany. I'm actually German, even if my French passport says otherwise, and I'm excited to move back to my origin. So yeah, and if that's not news enough, I am also leaving Facebook in order to join a super promising startup called Pitch. I don't know if any of you remember the amazing to-do list app that was called Wonderlist, uh, which was then sold off to Microsoft. Well, then you have to know that the founders of said app have actually set their sights on building a revolutionary collaborative presentation tool slash platform. And I'm so happy to be jumping on that train in no less than a week. But yeah, enough about me. Let's talk about something else. And that is one of the most controversial subjects in the workplace. And that is feedback. Every quote unquote modern company is all about fast feedback because receiving situational direct feedback is what makes us all become better and more efficient at what we do, right? So with this culture becoming more and more predominant in the workplace, we all crave feedback and yeah, we all crave to give it. But we don't always know how to give it, especially if we try to subtly tell a colleague that he or she has, well, some room for improvement. But receiving it, that's, in my views, a whole different story. Now, I don't want to make this episode about giving feedback, at least not entirely, because the way you give feedback is actually different from one company to another. And we'll probably cover another whole episode with this, because my take on things is, if you're willing to accept feedback and deal with it the right way, you're already also to give it the right way. So basically, let's first talk about receiving feedback and then talk about actually giving it. So let's cross that bridge when we get to it, okay? Because let's face it, we spend a lot of time educating others on how to actually provide feedback. And yeah, not a lot of time is dedicated on how to actually receive feedback. And as they all say, feedback is a gift and there's actually multiple ways to unwrap it. So if you're down, let's talk a little bit more about how to unwrap that feedback because maybe you prefer to take off the ribbon carefully, cut through the tape with precision, or just, you know, rip the whole thing off in a go. And I also want to talk a little bit about what to do when you don't actually like the gift of feedback because that's also fair. You don't have to accept it. So yeah, those are the topics that I would love to talk about in this next episode. So stay tuned and I'll be with you in just a moment. Right. So over my last 10 years, I've worked in a number of different work cultures and environments. There was, for example, the recruitment agency environment that I started with, where I got to experience more structured and let's call them more regulated, quote unquote, businesses like retail and banking. And also, of course, big corporate tech. And as you would expect, Each culture is built around different types of collaboration schemes and has different expectations on how to give and receive feedback. Or not at all. If I think back to my recruitment agency days where feedback was actually withheld until annual review season, which is always nice. But the truth is that while you may not own how feedback is delivered or what is shared, you do actually own how to internalize that feedback and decide or decide not to act on it ultimately. 
But first of all, let's talk about what feedback is. Because yeah, I'm all about the double standard here and you know how I love disclaimers. In order to talk about feedback, we have to define what good feedback looks like. So the best kind of feedback is information that, in retrospect, was actually pretty obvious, but you never would have noticed it yourself if it wasn't actually pointed out to you. It's also feedback that reaches you more or less immediately slash directly. Because if you ever tried punishing a dog for peeing inside the house, let me say hours after it actually happened, oh no! you know what I mean when I say delayed feedback doesn't work. It has to get to you within a reasonable amount of time so you can reflect on it properly. And it's also feedback that reaches you with regards to a specific situation. In other words, it's substantiated. Generalized feedback like You're not paying attention to detail is not the same as referring back to the time that your colleague got payment information wrong in a bank transfer, which had a severe impact on the business as a consequence, right? And also needless to say, good feedback is constructive feedback. It's not enough to say You suck. You would expect someone to tell you Hey, this was not really your best performance. Here are some ideas to make it better. Now, when you receive feedback like that, that's literally the easiest feedback to receive. And you should just be thankful that someone trusts you enough to share. And why am I saying this? Well, because I think it's important to point out that none of us like giving feedback, especially when it's unsolicited feedback. I mean, say for example, you're at work and you have to teach a newbie how to, I don't know, work the printer, answer the phone in a specific way. Sure, it's never nice to point out someone's flaws or when someone isn't doing right, but in this instance, it's actually legitimate. You have to train the person up and so you have to give them the feedback on what's going well and what isn't. Now imagine you're working on a team project with a colleague who isn't holding up their end of the bargain or what they're delivering just isn't at par with expectations. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a way more difficult subject. So whenever someone is giving you feedback, always make sure that you value that they even take the time to overcome this uncomfortable task. It means that they care enough about you doing well that they'd actually risk potentially ruffling your feathers in order to help you improve. And that leads me to my five pointers on how to actually react to feedback that you're receiving. So without further ado, let's get going. So my first tip here, and you might have guessed that already from my earlier musings, is that you always have to thank and recognize the feedback giver. Giving feedback, as I said, isn't easy, especially in situations where there isn't a pre-existing strong relationship, and even then, it's still not easy. We probably all know how difficult it is to give feedback to someone who is a close friend or maybe a member of the family. So that's why it's vitally important that you thank the giver, and that's irrespective, I guess, of the content of the feedback or whether you agree with it or not. So there are a couple of reasons why this is one of the first reflexes you should have. Because by thanking the feedback giver, you're diffusing the situation right away and you're acknowledging that feedback was given to you. You're making the feedback giver feel heard. That's simply all it's about. Again, depending on who has given you the feedback, this might not be a big deal to them. But for someone who is not close to you, well, that person might actually feel dismissed. When I think back to my earlier times when I would be receiving feedback, I would almost always start answering with, yeah, but, or, nah, come on, don't be like that. Or more exasperated. What do you mean? And this, in hindsight, I realize it's a huge no-no. Because put yourself in the shoes of the feedback giver. They just tried to tell you something important. And maybe it was actually hard for them to come forward and let you know about specific concerns that they had. Yet you, on your end, you sound like you didn't listen to them. You just dismissed their whole thoughts because... 
Let's face it, you probably didn't expect the feedback, it caught you off guard, and I guess like 99% of the people, you're not comfortable with people giving you constructive feedback face to face. So that's where your reaction comes from. And your initial reaction is to justify yourself, or even worse, to wave it off. So my advice here, check yourself before you respond. It's definitely hard, it takes practice, but it's worth practicing that muscle. And another reason why it's important to give the feedback giver feedback is that it buys you a little bit more time to prepare for your next steps. So if you know me, then you know that my favorite motto is that preparation is key and rushing into things is the worst thing you can do to yourself. So to ensure that you're not rushing into a less than stellar gut feeling sort of response, acknowledging feedback when it has been given to you is a great first step. And that brings me to my second point. And that second point is you don't have to respond instantly. Light bulb moment. When someone shares constructive feedback with you, whether it's in person, over a call, in writing, you don't owe them an instant response. As I said earlier, I've made a number of mistakes like that in the past where I have reacted to feedback when actually no one forced me to react in any way. They weren't looking for a yes or a no. I do have a bit of a hot-headed character, so my first instinct is always to discuss and of course to get all defensive. And especially when you're receiving harsh feedback, being on the defensive is never a good path to be on. So instead of reacting, take a deep breath and say something along the lines of, I really appreciate the feedback and I want to think about it more before reacting and I may have some follow-up questions for you further down the line, so just let me take the time to reflect and get back to you. Is that okay? You know, just think about when you get an annoying email that rubs you the wrong way. I get these at least once a day. If you're clever or if you're like me and you learned from your previous mistakes, you learn to never respond to one of these emails right away in the heat of the moment. Uh-uh. You take some time to think about it to make sure that you're thinking logically and rationally. And well, you formulate the perfect response in your head while giving yourself a breather and some time to cool off. That's literally the best way to deal with direct feedback from someone. Just give it some time. Give it a breather. Don't respond right away. Repeat after me. Don't respond right away. Now, there's a third thing that I highly advise you to do whenever you're receiving feedback, and that would be asking for clarification. Now, remember when I said earlier that feedback should be relatively obvious, at least in hindsight, and should also be situational? Well, what if it isn't? What if the person in front of you is giving you relatively wishy-washy feedback, and therefore you're not really convinced that his feedback is legit, or you're just not seeing their point? Well, Chances are that this person really means well and just isn't too good at giving feedback. So always give the feedback giver the benefit of the doubt and be prepared to ask for more context. What situation were they referring to and what specific action or impact wasn't according to expectations? Now, I was once told by a direct report that they thought I didn't trust them to do their work. So I took this feedback very personally because I trusted her a lot, actually, and I wanted to set her up for success at all costs. I just couldn't see how she would come up with that thought. So I just went ahead and asked her. I said, well, when you said that I was not trusting you, what specifically did I do or maybe not do that caused you to feel that? And when was that? And what would you prefer I do in that situation? And that really opened the floodgates. She gave me very specific instances where I kept on referring to an existing material or specific procedures that I had set up no matter what. And I personally saw those templates as a tool and she saw them as a way to keep her on a short leash. 
So that was a real light bulb moment for me. It led me to change a lot of things about myself and also about the way that I interact with coworkers or even direct reports, obviously, in order to not restrain them. And yeah, that's a classic individual contributor turning manager problem. And I hope there's someone here that can relate. Anyway, asking for clarification and specific context is key. And if your feedback giver isn't able to give you that, then it's either badly delivered feedback or feedback without any foundations. Dear frozen yogurt, you are the celery of desserts. Be ice cream or be nothing. Zero stars. And that leads me to step number four of our feedback receiving program. And this is all about figuring out how and if you actually want to internalize the feedback that you've just received. Now, chances are that if the feedback resonated with you, you'll be more inclined to want to internalize it. That can simply involve implementing the suggestions that you were given. And if your feedback giver didn't give you any actionable suggestions or alternative, which I guess is also fine, try to sit down with the feedback giver separately to maybe brainstorm or involve other people to get their thoughts on what your personal action plan could look like. And it's always nice to also close the loop with the feedback giver. This isn't always an immediate thing, and sometimes it takes weeks or months until you can follow up, but it's always nice to let others know when their feedback made a difference. Now get that. What if the feedback didn't actually resonate with you as much? Then think long and hard about the value of the feedback that you've received and what the consequences of using it or ignoring it could be. And then simply decide where to go. If you disagree with the feedback entirely or even slightly, definitely consider asking others for a second opinion. Because don't forget, this was an individual piece of feedback. Because one single piece of feedback is more indicative of the giver's perception and or their style than your behavior it's extremely important that throughout your career, you ask for feedback from multiple varied sources. With feedback from multiple sources, you can get an idea of the common themes, the themes that you're hearing from multiple perspectives and that actually warrant action. Now I'm going to go into super controversial territory by saying this, but that last point is paramount. Even though the saying goes that you shouldn't be looking a gifted horse in the mouth, you can still refuse the gift of feedback. So this fifth point is optional, but let's call it being okay with refusing the gift of feedback. Because let's be honest, feedback is subjective, right? Unless of course it's quantifiable. For example, when someone tells you that you're not doing a good job because you're not achieving a target, that's quantifiable. But if it's not quantifiable, it's subjective. And we are all prey to the filters and oftentimes unconscious biases that exist in our minds. And as a result, any single piece of feedback you receive is clouded more by the giver's filters than by what you actually did. Now, have you ever been in a situation where someone told you that you came across as too laid back, too aggressive, or I don't know, too distanced? Basically, has anyone ever told you that you should change your style? I've received this sort of feedback many times, and sometimes it made sense because the company's style was a certain way and I had to learn this style in order to succeed. But sometimes you just have to stop and think whether a specific piece of feedback is really there to help you or whether it's cutting into your personality. Let me give you an example. I personally have a very candidate-oriented style. If you've been around for previous episodes, you probably know that I love to take my time to prepare candidates, sometimes spending up to 30 minutes on calls just explaining them in detail what the next interview steps will be. 
And I'm also a very data-oriented person. Through A-B testing, I could tell that my candidates were doing much better in their interviews with that sort of preferential treatment, if you want to call it that way. So putting this time in on the front end would save me a lot of time further down the line. Yet, one day, my manager at the time asked me to cut out those candidate preparation calls because they were deemed of no value. No value. Yep. So I understood where my manager was coming from and that there was an emphasis on trying to work smarter, not harder, and, I don't know, reduce the time spent in meetings, etc. for the sake of efficiency. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. But I personally felt that this was not the place to be making cuts. And of course, I took his feedback in and presented him with data, aka funnel rates, just to let him know that I disagreed with this assessment. And, you know, I brought actual data in front of him to make him understand that this was actually making things much faster down the line, down the funnel. Yet, he was adamant about the fact that those preparation calls were the source of all time-consuming evil, and he wouldn't let me have it. He asked that I find a different way to prepare my candidates. Yet, of course, I'd done that before. I had put all of my prep material together in one email, nicely packaged up. But trust me, guys, it was really the call with the candidates, talking it through with them, that made a difference. Now I realized down the line that I was uncomfortable working in an environment that was unwilling to accept my candidate focus. And by extension, it also wasn't open to considering hard facts. So I later made a couple of changes. It doesn't matter, that's not the point here, but that's just one example. And to give you another one, I recently had a call with a mentee of mine who shared that their manager had told them that they were quote unquote lethargic under Zoom team meetings or any time with clients and that they kept a straight face and didn't speak much or chime in much. Wow, lethargic? I mean, can you believe this? If I had been given this feedback, I would have asked for clarification. I would have asked my manager if they felt that my demeanor was actually detrimental to, I don't know, client sales or the meeting itself and if it had any impact whatsoever on what I was delivering. What I'm trying to make you understand, guys, with these examples is that whenever you are given feedback on your style, try to understand if it was genuine feedback or if someone is criticizing you for your personality. So in essence, if they're criticizing you for who you are. Sure, let's face it. If someone tells you that they felt deeply offended by something you said or something you did, that's a different story, especially when your style cuts into someone else's style or if your liberty to express yourself undermines somebody else's liberty to express themselves. But yeah, if someone thinks of you as lethargic, like in that example, can you relate? Were you disinterested? Were your thoughts somewhere else? Or is this just you, you know, calm and collected during meetings, yet someone decided to slap the quote-unquote lethargic label on you? That's crazy. If you can't relate and that person is simply pointing out one of your personality traits that they themselves have issues dealing with, then don't accept that quote-unquote gift because it's simply shabby feedback. I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what just happened there, but obviously you've got a problem with something. What is it? And in this case, it's also perfectly fine to take the time and reflect and then maybe take that feedback giver on the side and tell them. 
Thank you so much for that feedback you gave me the other day. I totally understand where you come from, but I still feel like I want to keep going with my candidate preparation the way I do, because that's what I feel most comfortable with, and I believe it yields good results. As a matter of fact, I can prove it to you. If you feel that my hiring velocity or results or data or funnel rates have gone down and suffered from that practice, I would be happy to reconsider and see what can be done differently. Or in the case of the quote-unquote lethargic mentee of mine, they could have very well gone ahead and said, thank you so much for that feedback you gave me the other day. I understand where you come from, but I like to be an active listener in meetings and I just need time to internalize the content before I can provide real valuable additions to it. I'm not disinterested, I'm just very concentrated on a matter at hand. All right, everyone, so those are my five tips that I think uh, you should be following whenever you're receiving feedback. I uh, just want to draw a quick summary of those four plus one reflexes. The first one is to acknowledge that you have been given feedback by thanking the feedback giver. That actually shows that you're attentive and that you have listened to what they had to say, which is just basically a matter of respect. And the second is to take a deep breath and to think about whether you want to give an instant response or take some time to reflect on what's been said, which is perfectly legit. The third tip is to ask for clarification and context, of course, in a polite and non-defensive way. And that's in order for you to get a better read on the situation. If the feedback was direct and substantiated enough, you might not even have to ask for any additional context. So there's that. And the fourth point is to reflect on the feedback that you've received. And if you can relate to it, to simply work on an action plan to internalize it. You can do that either on your own, either with the help of your feedback giver or any other people that you'd like to involve. And the fifth point, which I guess is more of an optional point, but still highly recommended, is to simply own the situation if and when you feel that the feedback you've been given isn't actually warranted. So just a little note around that. I personally feel that in today's fast feedback culture, people receive a lot of encouragement to give feedback fast and often. And more often than not, it's not delivered in the right way. It's often delivered in a very clumsy and unwarranted way. Don't get me wrong, fast feedback culture is great. It helps you to improve, to understand what you're doing wrong, but it also encourages everyone to critique the living S-H-I-T out of everything and everyone. Is it necessary that every single person on this planet um, expresses every single opinion that they have on every single thing that occurs all at the same time? Is that, is that necessary? So with that, I want to encourage you to A, learn when giving feedback is warranted and how feedback should be delivered. And I know I haven't spoken about that at all, so watch that space. I'll go on about this in another episode. And B, I simply want to encourage you to take a stance when someone is giving you feedback that sort of cuts into the essence of who you are. After all, unless your results are not satisfactory, why change the way that you do things? And if your workplace isn't open to your way of doing things, and I'm of course referring to a way of doing things that is, I guess, 100% legal and socially acceptable, then if your workplace isn't open to that, it's also not open to being diverse and inclusive. And that is frankly sad. 
So yeah, I hope this feedback receiving 101 episode helped you a little bit in overcoming some awkward feedback receiving moments. But I also hope it empowered you to not just see every single bit of feedback that you receive as an undebatable universal truth. Because in the end, everyone has an opinion about everything and you can't make everyone happy. You just can't. Even if you tried, you couldn't. So you have to filter out which feedback is the most relevant to you at any given moment in time. Now, I'm sure I missed some tips and tricks on being on the receiving end of feedback. So I'd actually love to hear from you guys if you have a personal story to share around receiving feedback and maybe a couple things that help you personally to face that sort of situation with, let's say, a common collected, maybe lethargic demeanor. So as always, to give feedback, thoughts, concerns, you can DM me on Instagram at The Curious Recruiter or just drop me a quick email on info at thecuriousrecruiter.com. Anytime you guys get in touch is always very welcome. So yeah, keep them coming. And now I promise this isn't the last time you'll hear about feedback. I'm definitely planning to work on an episode around giving feedback and I want to share with you also some tips and tricks around giving inclusive feedback further down the line. And last but not least, I promise I'll be back on a more regular episode publishing schedule from now on. So just wish me luck with the move. But you know, with that being said, I am looking forward to having you tune in again for the next episode of The Curious Recruiter. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.